God who answers by fire. And we should go to James chapter 1. I like verse 2 because he he says it's my brethren. And, um, you know, in Colossians, Paul called you the beloved brethren. And so God loves you. And he wants you to know that you're still going to have troubles. In this world, you will have trouble, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world for you. This is, like we said before, from Malachi chapter 4, the, you know, it's the best of times and the worst of times. It's the great and the terrible day of the Lord. It's a great day for the church, even though it doesn't look like it sometimes, even though, like in New Brunswick right now, they're putting restrictions on the church that are unreal. But no, but at some point, I know that they're coming off after Andrew Womack with injunctions and all kinds of things over his Bible school. And, and like there's things that are going on, but I happen to know I happen to know that I'm a, a, to stay of good cheer because he's already overcome the world. When you look at the trouble going on in the world, just stay locked in Psalm 2. Why doth the heathen rage and imagine a vain thing? The Bible, my Bible says that God sits in the heavens and laughs. No, it's like an ant trying to take over the universe. The big mouth, I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do that, and I'm going to do the other thing. No, you're not. This book will be fulfilled in our lives, and we'll see it happen. We'll see it happen. I mean, just because you got a weak Ahab and a multi Jezebel doesn't mean that you got a real problem because God knows how to handle all that too, right? He can handle the problems of the earth. Why doth the heathen rage? He has them in derision, he said. Like, you know, can you imagine us, mankind, trying to rebel against the creator of the universe and thinking about how ridiculous it is? You're going to do this, and you're going to do that, and you're going to do the other thing? And making all these big plans? Satan, in his best day, was sent to minister unto the heirs of salvation. He's a fallen angel. He's not equal, co, you know, co-equal with Jesus or anything like that. Matter of fact, my Bible says in 1 John 3 and verse 8 that for, the, for this purpose, for this purpose, this is the purpose, for this purpose, was the Son of God manifested to destroy the works of the evil one. And if he's the firstborn among many brethren, then my purpose is to destroy the works of the evil one. Come on, he told us. He told us in Mark 16 is a synopsis of the book of Acts. And he said, you'll tread upon the serpent and the scorpion, just like in Luke 10, 19. You've got power over all the power of the enemy. Nothing shall be enemy means hurt you. He gave you all that. He said, you'll handle, up, handle serpents. There's people in the States that take snakes out of cages and say, I'm a Christian, I can do this. That's not what he's talking about. He's talking about taking off demon entities that have been harassing your life, picking them off and chucking them away. Just like, just like Paul, come on, he lands on the Isle of Malta. It's been a bad couple of weeks. Seasick, upside down in the ocean. And they come ashore because he said, I, I believe. He said, I heard from the ends of the Lord and I believe. Be of good cheer. They're in the middle of a storm and here's this guy. Here's this crazy Christian. They've been in a storm for two weeks. They've, they've taken off all of the, 
the, the sails and the masts and everything and thrown all the cargo in the ocean. They frapped it. They wrapped it with rope to try and keep it together. It's been going on for almost two weeks. It says they neither saw the sun nor stars for many days. And they're all puking. They're not eating. And this Christian comes up on deck and says, be of good cheer. I heard from the angel of the Lord last night. And if you'll stay with me, all 275 of you, you'll live. Don't leave the ship. The ship is going down. But if you'll stay on this ship until it does, don't, don't try to take off in a lifeboat. If you'll stay here, you'll live. So then they come ashore on board. So that's the only church board I believe in. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm sailing in on a board. And uh, they come ashore. Then Paul picks up a big bundle of sticks. And he's walking with the sticks. And hidden in the sticks, just like things that are hidden in your life. There was something waiting. But when he threw it on the fire, when he threw it on the fire, the f he jumped, that snake jumped out of the fire and bit him. And he shook it off back into the fire. Because we found out that when there's a forest fire going on or things like that, it, the, the danger is not the fire for the firemen. The danger is all the snakes trying to get away from the fire. And our God is a consuming fire. There appeared unto them cloven tongues as a fire and sat upon each of them. And they began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave utterance. They kept the fire going. So, no, but if you're having trouble in your life, it's time to get the fire going. Trying to get the fire going. That, that, that whole story, I love that. It's not my message today, but I love the story because after he shook the snake in the fire, revival broke out on the whole island of Malta. There was a major move of the Spirit of God. And so here he was trying to go one way, and God had a destination another way. It, he, it, looked, like, it looked like he was on his way to Rome, but God had him going to Malta. And so the storm that blow, blew all over those guys and knocked them off course was a storm from God. He aimed that thing like a dart right into the island of Malta so that he could reach some people that needed to know his love, know about him. So that's why you can't look at, you, you can't, like when we moved into this building, you can't look at, God had a direction and it was here. No, no, but, but it doesn't matter what you're going through in your life right now. You'd be struggling and dealing with things. Trust God. It's just as simple as that. I trust you. I don't understand. I don't have to understand. I'm simply going to trust you with my life. I'm going to trust Romans 8.28 that all things are working together for my good because I've been called according to your purpose. I got a call on my life. Maybe I've been running from it. Maybe I ran from it for years, but the call is still there, and he's faithful. Hallelujah. You have a destination. You have a destiny in God, and it doesn't matter how, how many swerves you've made. He's going to get you to your destination, your destiny on time. Did it work out the way that you thought it would? I'm sure that it didn't for Paul. Here's a cool, another cool thing about Paul. When he in, see, this is not even close to so, so when he left Malta, everybody there was so, 
they, they, he left on a ship from Alexandria, the finest ships in the world at the time. And when he left, he had suitcases full of blessings that they laid on him to the point where when he finally got to Rome, he was able to pay two years rent on a house in advance. Houses then were just like they are now, you know, that it cost money, you know. And he, and he didn't have to, he, it's, he says that he lived in his own rented house. Came, didn't come in on a beaten down ship sailing into Alexandria, or, or into Rome rather. Came in on a ship from Alexandria, one of the finest ships in the land. So God used a bad thing to reach the lost and to prosper Paul. So re, this is why he would say, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say, rejoice. If, if you're in a storm, be of good cheer. Be of good cheer. He said, I have overcome the world for you. If you're not in a storm, get ready for the next one. No, because he said, it's the trial of your faith. He said, it's a fiery trial of your faith. But he said it's, it's more precious than gold. So if your faith is on trial, it's a good thing. Again, it's Psalm 105 and verse 37. I think it's verse 37. It's somewhere along there. It says that until, until Joseph's promise came, un, until his promise came from the word, the word tried him. So you're not trying the word of God. The word of God is trying you. And the faster you get onto it, that's to say, hey, you know what? I'm just, I'm going, I'm going to trust him. You're going to believe something anyway, right? No, but you, but you get to choose what you believe. If you're not controlling your thoughts, who is? So I get to choose what I believe, and I choose to believe the Bible. I've shut off uh, the media a long time ago. I haven't watched a news broadcast or a CNN or Fox or anybody in, in maybe years, I, I don't know. Matter of fact, I don't even know what's going on with the latest, latest, unless somebody, you know, somebody texted me this morning and said, I'm glad you're doing okay with all the restrictions that have put, been put on the church. And I said, what restrictions are they? I, we've been having church since, since Pentecost. We're not bothering anybody, but we're obeying God. Acts 4.29, behold their threatenings, and grant unto your servants that with all boldness we may speak your word. That's all we're doing. We're not being arrogant. We're just being bold. I cannot picture... Oh, don't go there. <laughs> well, no, if you can picture Jesus and the disciples wearing masks going into Jerusalem. Hallelujah. Okay. All right. Okay. My brethren, count it all joy. That's an accounting term, too. You have to make that decision. I'm just going to get happy. I'm just going to get happy. Negative thoughts come, chase them away with positive words. Don't sit there and think. Don't listen to yourself. Talk to yourself. Sometimes you listen to yourself. No, 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 no. No, talk to yourself. Talk the word of God to yourself. Say, hey, you, you're more than a conqueror to him who loves you. Hey, you. Hey, you. Greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world, he that's in your circumstances right now. The greater one is rising up in you right now. Talk about that. Amen. So he said, count it all joy when you fall into divers. That's many temptations, tests, and trials. Knowing. See, but you got to know this. If you could know this, it would really help you. If you know this on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, if you would know this, 
all the time, not just when you're hearing it on Sunday morning. Read it every day. Knowing that the trial of your faith is working out, the fruit of the Spirit is already in you. If you're abiding in the vine, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you can demand what you will and it shall be done. What's in me? The fruit of the Spirit. Love and joy and peace and long-suffering and gentleness and goodness and faithfulness and meekness and temperance are working in me. Self-control is working in me right now. Hallelujah. But let patience, he said, it's working out the patience. See, because, but here's the cool thing. You're the branch. The branch doesn't produce the fruit. It only bears the fruit. The fruit's already in there. That's why he would say in Philippians 2, 12, work out your own salvation with reverence and anticipation. Work it out. Work it out. Let Let it work in you. Let it have its perfect work. We're getting to that right now, right? Let patience have its perfect work that you'll be, that's the word telos, it means mature, it means complete. Perfect, not wanting anything. Now verse 5 says, if any of you lack wisdom, I think everybody qualifies. If any of you lack, let him ask of God, and why? Because he'll give it to you liberally, he doesn't hold it back, it will be given unto you. But here's where, here's where the struggle comes. Because my Bible says in Timothy chapter 6, I'm to fight the good fight of faith. And here's what the fight is over. Let him ask in faith nothing wavering. For he that wavers is like a wave on the sea, driven by the wind and tossed. What does that mean? Up one day, I feel good. I feel God. I don't feel good. I don't feel God. I feel good. I feel... But here's, but listen to what he says here. He said, don't let that man think that he'll receive anything from God. Why? Because we just, I quoted, I think in Numbers 23, verse 19, he's not a man that he should lie. God is obsessed with being believed. That's why he said in Hebrews eleven six, 6, without faith, it's impossible. It doesn't say it's highly unlikely. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Why? Because, he, because he'll tell you right in that same verse. Because he exists to be the rewarder of those that diligently seek him. You've got to understand that his giving nature is overwhelmed by wanting to bless you. Matter of fact, the Bible says his grace abounds toward you, and sometimes it runs by all day long. Because without faith, it's impossible. Well, what am I going to do about that? Make a decision to believe God. You know, he tells you in Peter 1, 4, he's got exceeding great and precious promises. Well, it's kind of like praying. I could pray all day long, but the answers to my prayer are not there. They're right in here. My, I already have the answer to my prayer. You already have the answer to every prayer you can even think of. It's in the book. So it's your job to find the answer and then to pray the answer. Come on, Romans 4, 13. They said that Abraham became that giant of faith because he called the things that were not as though they were. He, he, he didn't pray the problem. He prayed the answer. Like in Genesis chapter 1, God didn't say, wow, it sure is dark out here. He said, light be. 
He called the answer. And then he said that we have that kind of faith. In Mark eleven twenty two. have the God kind of faith. What does it look like? It calls the answer, not the problem. It doesn't describe the mountain. It says, be thou removed and cast into the sea. So you find the answer to the prayer before you start praying. Oh, God. Oh God. We've all done it. I'm not, I'm not picking on anybody except myself. You know, this book is for me. <laughs> he said, let not that man think he will receive anything from the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. Now, I think I've got that on another translation. I'm sure I do. I just don't know if I have it queued up here. Oh, yeah. The message. Consider it a sheer gift, my friends, beginning of verse 2. When tests and challenges come at you from all sides. You know that under pressure, your faith life is forced into the open and shows its true colors. So don't try to get out of anything prematurely. Let it do its work so you become mature and well-developed, not deficit deficient in any way. If you don't know what you're doing, <laughs> pray to the Father. He loves to help. You get his help, and he won't be, con he won't be condescending to you when you ask for it. Ask boldly, believing with a, without a second thought. People who worry their prayers are like the whipped waves. Don't think that you're going to get anything from the master that way. Adrift on the sea. Keep all your options open. Keep your options open. God's got a way to answer your prayer. And if you're looking for it this way, turn around. How many of you know that's, how many of you is, he's actually does, done things the way that you asked him to? Hallelujah. Yes? Once in a while, I suppose. Let's go to uh, Kings chapter 18. First Kings. Settle down over there, Pastor Nancy. I've been picking on her since we woke up this morning. It's not a good thing, probably. Yeah, well, I may pay later. But for now, I get all you as witnesses. Safety in numbers. <laughs> I know. I'm not going home. <laughs> I'll take her out for somewhere really nice to eat first. Uh, uh, Kings eighteen sixteen says, Now gather all, gather out of all Israel to Mount Carmel. Bring all the media people, all the prophets of doom, Fox, CNN, ABC, NBC, ABS or CBS or whatever. Bring them to the groves. So there's four, they, they all eat at Jezebel's table. Jezebel's not a person, it's a spirit. It can be male or female. Okay, so don't try to figure out who I'm talking about here. I'm just talking about, just trying to bring it into a modern vernacular. So Ahab sent unto all the children of Israel, gathered the prophets together unto Mount Carmel. And Elijah came unto all the people and said this, How long will you be double-minded? How long will you be double-minded? If the Lord is God, then follow him. If all the, the, the other junk going on is 
Follow, he said, follow them. But look at this. They didn't answer a word. They had nothing to say. Nothing to say. He said, let them therefore give us two. Okay, so now he's going to offer, get the sacrifice together. And uh, he says, you, you go get two bullocks and let them, you choose one and we'll take one. You cut it in pieces and lay it on the wood. In other words, they're going to make an offering. And I'll dress up the other bullock and lay it on the wood and put no fire under it. And he said, we'll call upon the name of our, your gods, and I will call upon the name of the Lord, and the God that answers by fire, let him be God. And I read some history on this. They used to, the prophets of Baal used to put, I, I don't know if it was lighter fluid, but it was some kind of thing like that in their little sacrifices so that when they would call it, they could ignite it. It was all fake, fake news. And all the people answered and said, it's well spoken. So Elijah said unto the prophets, choose the bullock. And so they did. And they took the bullock, which was given to them and dressed it and, and called upon the name of Baal from morning, even until noon. Now morning until noon is significant as well. And uh, saying, oh, Baal, hear us. But there was no voice nor anything that answered. And now they leaped upon the altar that was made. <laughs> and it came to pass at noon that Elijah mocked them. And this is funny. It said, and it said, cry aloud for, he's, for he is God. Maybe he's talking or maybe in the King James it says maybe he's pursuing. What it says in the Hebrew is maybe he's gone to the bathroom. <laughs> He's on the toilet, <laughs> or he's on a journey pre-adventure. He's asleep, and you must be awoke. And they cried aloud all the more and cut themselves after the manner with knives and lancelets till blood gushed out upon them. Can you believe this guy? These guys were served the devil, and what happens? And it came to pass when midday passed by that they prophesied until the time of the evening offering. And there was no voice, no answer, nothing. And then in verse 31, it says, Now Elijah took 12 stones, according to the number of the tribes of Israel, unto whom the word of the Lord came, saying, Israel shall be your name. And with the stones he built an altar unto, in the name of the Lord and made a trench around about the altar, so great that it would contain two measures of seed. And he put wood on the altar and cut the bowl in pieces and laid it upon the wood, and then he said, he said, and fill four barrels of water. Now, it hadn't rained in over three years. So what's the most precious commodity that there is? More precious than gold, water. He said, pour four barrels of water on, on the burnt offering and on the wood. That's for the father. And then he said, do a second one for the son. Then he said, do a third one for the Holy Ghost. And when he had done it the third time, the water ran around about the altar and filled the trench with water. And it came to pass at the time of the evening sacrifice, three o'clock in the afternoon. Jesus said, it is finished. It is finished. I'm telling you, this is awesome, man. This is awesome because it's all right here. From the morning, nine o'clock in the morning, when they put him on the cross, at noon, he said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? When your sin, my sin came on him. So this is all being unfolded here in Kings chapter 18. Hallelujah. 
He said, Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known this day that you are God in Israel, and I am your servant, and I have done all these things according to your word. Hear me, O Lord. Hear me that this people may know that you are the Lord God that has turned their heart back again. Then, then the fire fell. Hallelujah. This is just like Pentecost, though. This is like Pentecost. Then the fire fell. Hallelujah. The fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt sacrifice and the wood and the stones and the dust and licked up the water out of the trench. <laughs> Our God is a consuming fire. No, no, we got to get a hold of this. Greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. The fire's in you. He came to restore many sons back to glory, back to glory. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Hallelujah. The glory is the fire. Come on. The, the glory is everything. The glory is heavy, weighty with everything that God is, everything that he has, and everything that he can do. You're not a mere person anymore. And when all the people saw it, they fell on their faces and they said, Lord, wow. No, but see, conviction now is going to lead them to action. And when, they, and when they're led into action, the rain's going to come. We're talking about the rain, the former and the latter rain, both in the first month. We're talking about Joel chapter 2. We're talking about Zechariah 10 and verse 1. Ask the Lord for rain in the time of the latter rain, and he'll pour it out on you. We're talking about the rain. That, you know, he said, I'm pouring my spirit out upon all flesh, and whoever will call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. We're talking about the greatest harvest of souls the world has ever seen, and your part is in this. You're, you're in this. So, he's, so they fell on their faces. Elijah said unto them, Take the prophets of Baal, and let not one of them escape. And they took them, and Elijah brought them down into the brook, down to the brook, uh, Kishon, Kishon, and they slew them there. But see, this when I read this, I'm think uh, it takes me back to Ephesians four and verse eleven, because the church. See, this is a new season. Ecclesiastes three and verse one says that to everything there is a, a, a season, to every purpose under heaven. This is a new season. You know, people are waiting for it to get back to normal. It's not going to happen. What, what was normal is not going to be normal anymore. The new normal, the new normal is going to be a church full of power and full of the Holy yes, Ghost. Yes. The church is going to be the decontamina decontamination station where people can go and be safe. So that's why you really need to read Mark 16 to find out what your part to play is in that. You're not running and hiding in fear from what's going on in the earth. No, no, you're, you're facing it boldly because you're the one with the answer. You, you'd have the answer to the problem. You realize that the big companies stayed open and the little companies closed because they're trying to destroy the economy of the world so that they can reduce everybody to the common denominator, lowest common denominator, so that they can create a socialist, one-world, antichrist government. That's, we understand that. But we're not letting it happen. Not in our watch, not in our generation. Yeah, so... So, you know, so, you know, it's the false media that's leading the world in the wrong direction. And the church has to stand up and declare the truth. Hallelujah, the truth. So, okay, so, so they, so 
Ephesians 4, 4.11 says, you know, I, set some, I gave gifts to the church, some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers, right? And for years, the church has run on what? A pastor. Where's the apostle? Where's the prophet? Where's the evangelist? Whereas, you know, we've used teachers certainly as well. But then he goes on for the perfecting of the saints so that they can do the work of the ministry. So, so you know, in order to kill the 450 prophets of Baal, it's not a man that does it. It's the church. No, it's the church rising up and say, and, and realizing that, hey, it's not about a pastor. It's about a congregation that's on fire for God. Oh, how good and pleasant it is when brethren dwell together in unity. Psalm 133 says, he said, it's like it releases the oil, the anointing oil. Come on, some of you might need an oil change. <laughs> no, I remember one time Nancy had this car, this Honda Civic, and she forgot to put oil in it. Oil's only about three or four bucks a, 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 a liter, right? It's not very expensive compared to a car. But when you don't use the oil... It gets dry and the camshaft, all the teeth were gone. Anyway, I gave, the, I gave it to a, 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 the mechanic at the Petrocan in Bedford where it broke down. I said, you want a car, buddy? And so, and, and it was his. Now, you know, I'm not blaming Nancy for it. You know, it was probably my responsibility to be watching. We weren't married at the time, were we? Okay, so I got the excuse. <laughs> but those things, when the oil light comes on, you know what it means? No, but some of you are flashing your oil light and you need fresh oil. <laughs> Don't ignore it and just keep going. My Bible says in Psalm 92 and verse 10 that he'll anoint you with fresh oil. You got to keep it fresh. The oil change light might be on in some of y'all. And do it right away. You know, I remember one time Paula White was talking about how she got a phone call on a Saturday from the Jackson family. How many of you knew Michael Jackson? Michael Jackson was one of the most awesome. Like, you know, like what his gifting. Now, I know that he got raped by the world and misused, and he got distorted in his mind. But that, that, the world did that to him. He took everything that, he, that they could get out of him and then tossed him aside. But anyway, Paula White was ministering to the family for a, a while. But she got a phone call on a Saturday and just after he died. And she didn't answer the phone call until Monday. Well, on Saturday, they wanted her to fly over and do the funeral. And so, you know, your answer might be, well, it just couldn't have been the Lord because she didn't call until Monday. No, she missed it. She'll tell you that herself. She missed it, that she could have had such an impact doing that funeral. And she missed it because delayed obedience is disobedience. Come on now, you all know, you have, you have all been there. We want God to move instantly, but we, we have this get around to it deal. Supposed to go see somebody, and by the time you get there, they, they died two days ago or something. I don't know. No, no, we don't want to do that. <laughs> but, but again, Ephesians 4.11 talks about building an army, not, 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 not a pastor leading the charge. No, not like that at all. It's kind of like the gifts of the Spirit. I mentioned this on Thursday, I think. There's a woman, and we didn't mention her name because we don't know enough about her yet, but she started taking a metal detector to her services. 
And she would pray for people with metal in their bodies. And they, and, and, Half of them would get healed. Half of them get healed now. But she said this. She said, I had to develop that over years. That means you take a metal detector to a meeting and you say, okay, anybody here that has metal in their bodies, I just want you to know that the power of God is here right now and you can get your healing tonight. And nothing happens. The next week, nothing happens. The next week, nothing happens. And that's called developing your ministry. Now over half the people that she prays for get healed. But there's there, this church, I guarantee you, you know, he said, he said in Corinthians 14, above all, pray that you might prophesy. This room has enough people in it that have had the word of God on the inside of you and that you were supposed to deliver it, but you didn't do it because you were afraid. And as long as you stay like that, you'll never develop the gift, because the gift requires faith. Sometimes he'll give you a word for somebody. He won't give you a paragraph. He won't give you a book. He'll give you a word. And oh, I, can't, I couldn't do that. Well, you better do that. He hadn't given you a spirit of fear, but one of power and love and of a sound mind. The wicked flee where no man pursues, but the righteous are bold as lions. And if we're ever going to get a move of the spirit of God on planet earth, it's going to take boldness from you. The disciples prayed for it, Lord, grant unto your servants that with all boldness we may speak your word. If the disciples had to pray for it, chances are you do too. But then when, then after you prayed, whatsoever things you pray, desired and pray for, believing you receive. Okay, after you prayed, then you got to step up. You got to step out. You get, you're not hiding. This generation will not hide because you were born into the kingdom for such a time as this. You were born on purpose here at this time. And if you're sitting somewhere and I can't see you out of the light, it doesn't matter. It's you. It's you. You're here hearing this word this morning. And it's not my word. It's not Gary Hooper's word. It's God's word coming at you and convicting you right now. But don't be like Paula White. Two days later, missing what God had. No, no, but when you begin to take care of business at his house, he'll be taking care of business at your house. You know, he answered with fire. He didn't call them. He answered. Hallelujah. Okay. <laughs> be nice. Okay. No, but false media has led the, ch- the whole church, the whole nation in a false direction. And the church, the church, the church doesn't go there. The church stays on the word of God. The church doesn't run from the leper. The church goes and prays for the leper. So now Elijah said unto them, and oh, so okay, so they wiped out the prophets. And uh, verse forty-one, and Elijah said unto Ahab, "Get up now, and go and go go, go eat and drink, for I hear the sound." of the abundance of rain. I hear the sound. I don't see anything, but I hear the sound. I hear the sound right now. I hear the sound of the abundance of rain. I see a world system. I see China and Russia and the United States all vying for the, for the finances of the world. And I see a promise in the word of God, the wealth of the wicked is laid up in store for the just. 
my Bible says that as surely his, as he lives, his glory will cover the earth. Hallelujah. My Bible says in Romans 8, 19, that all of creation will see. Hallelujah. Manifestation of the sons of God. Not the sons of Satan. We already know who they are. You can pick them out on TV if you want to watch it. I don't want to watch it. I'm having a time for them myself. But okay. And Elijah said unto Ahab, better get ready now. I hear the sound of rain. So Ahab went up to eat and to drink. And Elijah, Elijah went up onto the top of Mount Carmel, and he cast him down on the earth and put his face between his knees. Now, just to clarify that, because there was a church in the United States that they were all getting together and praying like that, with their heads stuck between their knees, like a plane coming in for a crash landing or something, right? That's not what it means. It means that he was focused. He was blocking out distractions in his prayer time. Who knows, he probably had his... You know, he probably had his prayer shawl on. And it said unto his servant, go up now toward the sea. This is the first place I went when I went to Israel. <laughs> it's, it's awesome. And, and so he looked and said, there's nothing. He said, go again seven times. Se seven times. So just like Naaman had to dip in the, in the Jordan River seven times. If he had done it five times, nothing would have happened. And so sometimes, you know, crazy instructions. To me, it says, don't quit. To me, it says, if you got a word from the Lord, just because you can't see it, doesn't mean it's not on the horizon. It's coming, it's coming. Whatever you've been believing, God, keep, you know, if Naaman had to dip seven times because he was so full of pride, he said, if you had to told me to climb a big mountain, I'd have done that. But to dip in this dirty poop, you know, the, the river with the, Anyway, so it wasn't a clean river at the time. And, um, and so he had to dip there seven times and, because the real problem to his healing was humility. He didn't have any. And so he needed, matter of fact, he even said, when he came to Elisha's house, uh, a servant came out and he said, I thought the master would have come out to see me. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God that he will exalt you in due season by casting all your care upon him because he cares for you. Stay humble. You're nothing without him. You're everything with him, but nothing without him. And so, and so it says, he said to a servant, go up, and he went up seven times. So while Elijah, Elijah was focused, his servant was running up to the top of the hill and back up to the top of the hill. But look at this. Verse, verse uh, 44, it came to pass the seventh time. He said, there arises a little cloud out of the sea, the size of a man's hand. And I believe this, this is, you know, I can't prove this, but I believe this. Because when you read about the sea in the Bible, it represents the Gentile nations. But when I read about a, something the size of a man's hand, I think of an apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher coming up at that, at that time. Out of the sea, like a man's hand. And he said, go up, I say, unto Ahab, prepare your chariot and get down for the rain and don't stop. And it came to pass 
Meanwhile, that the heaven was black with clouds and the wind, and there was a great rain, and Ahab, ran, Ahab rode all the way to Jezreel. And the hand of the Lord came upon Elijah, and he pulled up his pants, girded up his loins, and he outran the chariot to the entrance of the gate. No, but that speaks to me of the supernatural. That speaks of the gifts of the Spirit. And if you don't think that's real, read it. Read in Acts chapter. Is it Acts chapter eight, when Stephen is, or chapter seven, when when uh, Philip is transported from from one place to another? And I remember Brother Hagen preaching about the days that we're living in now. He said there'll be a preacher pass, uh, speaking in one church, and he'll disappear, and another one will appear in his place. They'll, God will switch their places around. There'll be lots of supernatural things that you're going. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. But if you read the book, the whole book is supernatural. You can't, you, you, if you take all the, you take the supernatural out of the book of God, you got what, one page, maybe two, numbers? <laughs> so-and-so begot so-and-so, and so-and-so begot so-and-so. The stuff you love to read when you read through the Bible in a year. I've been struggling with Ezekiel until just the last few days. Lord, I God. <laughs> Hallelujah. Well, we can go a couple of places, and then we'll close. Um, we, could, we could go to Zach. No, let's, let's go to Isaiah 54. Oh, wow. Sing. Not when you have everything. Sing, O barren one. Why? Because it's an act of faith. Do you really believe God or do you believe he has it in for you? The thief came not about to steal, to kill, to destroy. 1 John 1, 9, my Bible says that if I repent, he's just to forgive me and to cleanse me from all unrighteousness. What a deal. What a deal. Even the word mistake, I like it because I think of your life as a movie. And I remember one time my daughter was making a movie out west, and, and uh, some of the things, one, one of the takes, they did it over 30 times until they got it right. So you're watching a movie, and it goes by in two hours. It's like reading Hebrews 11. Oh, look, wow, they don't, look, don't they look awesome until you get back here and read their backstory. You find out, wow, they were screw-ups. Right? And so mistake. Mistake is seen one, take one. Mistake is seen one, take five. Mistake is seen one, take 20. But the deal is you keep making the scene. You keep doing it until you get it right. Pastor Paul and I, we talk sometimes about the way we live before, not very often because it's not all that great, but, but we realized that we made some mistakes, but when you read Hebrews 11, you'll find that we're in the movie, and the movie's, the movie's only two hours long. The mistakes were a lifetime, but the, the key is you just keep, like Micah chapter 7, rejoice not over me, O my enemy, though I fall, 
I'm going to get up. How long? You win when you keep getting up. And the more you keep getting up, the more, the more the Lord just goes, oh, look at my champion. Look at you. All those circumstances were against you and you refuse to quit. You really love me. Yes, sir. We love you. That's why we do what we do. And we don't love you because we're so cool about it. We love you because you first loved us. <laughs> we just got in on the program. So we don't have anything to brag about at all. So sing, O barren one that did not bear. Break forth. Now, that's a, it's a breakout. You know, when it says break forth, it means this is your breakthrough. This is like suddenly. This is like when you do this, suddenly everything's going to change. Sudden, suddenly. Break, cry aloud. You didn't even go into labor over this. For the more are the children of the desolate than those of the married wife, says the Lord. Enlarge, don't think small. Don't think cut back. Don't think reset. Dingleberry in Ottawa, don't think that. Think expansion. Think about your God is still with you. Their God is with them, but your God is with you. It's going to be all right. Turn to somebody and say, it's going to be all right. Enlarge. Keep dreaming. Don't stop dreaming because the circumstances around you don't look very profitable. Enlarge the place of your tent. And stretch forth the curtains of your habitation. Spare not. Why? Because, because there's, the only limit that you have on you is what you put on you. So take the limits off. Take the limits off you. All things are possible to him that believeth. Hallelujah. According to your faith, be it unto you. Find something big in the Bible and say, this is mine. God wants you to have it. He said, lengthen your cords. Strengthen your stakes. Why? Because you're going to break out on the right hand and on the left hand. Your seed will inherit the goyim. Gentiles is goyim. It means nations. And make the desolate cities to be inhabited. Fear not. Look at that. Fear not. That means I have a choice. He couldn't tell me that if I didn't have a choice. What is fear? False evidence appearing real? Right? False evidence appearing real? Just like almost everything that you can see out there right now? That's why I'm glad to be in the country right now. When I look up at all the stars at night, I realize that all the, all the raging of the world is nothing compared to the Creator. Fear not. You shall not be ashamed, neither will you be confounded, for you shall not be put into shame, for you will forget the shame of your youth and remember the reproach of your widowhood no more. We can read the whole chapter, but I think I'll stop there. Well, no, I better not. I better not. We better read verse 9. For this is like the waters of Noah unto me. I have sworn... Like the waters of Noah will no more go over the earth. So I've sworn that I would not be wroth with you or rebuke you. Can you underline that? He swore that he won't be upset with you. He said, the mountains will depart. The hills will be removed. But my kindness, that's the word hesed. 
loving covenant kindness. It's like agape. It's unconditional. My unconditional grace shall not depart from you, neither shall the covenant of my peace be removed, says the Lord that has mercy on me. There's that word hesed again, mercy on me. You've been afflicted and tossed with a tempest and not comforted. He said, I'll lay your stones with fair colors and lay your foundations with sapphires. I'll make your windows agates. I don't know what all that means myself, but I'll just read it to you anyway. I'll make your gates carbuncles and all of your borders are pleasant stones. But I do know this verse. All of your children. Yeah, but you don't know how goofy they are, God. Yeah, he does. All of your children. All of them. So when I pray over my kids, what am I supposed to do? Pray the problem? Oh, God, they're doing this, that, and the other thing. No, I'm to go and find verses like this and say, I'm praying the answer. All of my children shall be taught by the Lord, and great shall be their peace and their undisturbed composure. You contend with those that contend with me and give safety to my children. The seed of the righteous shall be delivered. Hallelujah. There's promises in there regarding your kids. Hallelujah. Stop weeping and stop your eyes from tears. Your work shall be rewarded, says the Lord. Your children will come again from the camp of the enemy and return to their own borders. That's Jeremiah 31. I mean, it's all through the Bible, though. You You can get promises for yourself and believe them. Well, I don't believe them. Well, pray them until you do. Say them until you do. But look at this. This, this key is, this is a key. Do I have time to talk about a key? Yeah. In righteousness, you shall be established. That is key. You have to see yourself as the righteousness of God in Christ. When you begin to see yourself as the righteousness of God in Christ, then the rest of this verse will be activated for you. You've got to see, he, God, made him, Jesus, to be sin for us, who knew no sin, that we would be made what? The righteousness of God in Christ. Romans 5, 17 says, receive the gift of righteousness, the grace of God and the gift of righteousness, so that you can reign in life. But look at this. He said, when you're established in righteousness, you'll be far away from oppression and far from fear and terror. It won't come near you. Why? Because I know who I am. I know whose I am. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. He, he never did anything wrong, and I never did anything right, but he made a covenant exchange. And so now I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. It's who I am. It's whose I am. It's, and it's the righteousness of God. It's not the righteousness of Gary. Hallelujah. Took the gift. Hallelujah. And then he leads me. Psalm 23 says, he leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. So I'm being led by it as well. Glory to God. This is a good deal. So, so he said, but he said, you'll be far. Come on. You'll be far from fear, far from oppression. Well, these are all, they're all work together anyway. Fear, terror, and oppression, they're, they're all in the same, really the same thing. You've got two things that move you, faith or fear, energy, emotion, emotion, faith, emotion, fear. But my Bible says that we haven't, he calls it a spirit of fear. God hasn't given us a spirit of fear. It's not natural. It's, it's, it's wicked. It shall not come near you. Behold, they'll gather together for sure. These things will come against you. But whoever shall gather together against you shall fall for your sake. Then he says in verse 16, Behold, I made the devil. I made the smith that blows the coals in the fire and brings forth the instrument for his work. Therefore, 
I created the waster that destroys you. He's just a created being. And because of that, no weapon formed against you will prosper. Every tongue that rises up against you in judgment will be condemned for your sake. It's your heritage, and it's your blood bought right in Christ. Hallelujah. Let all that rage against you be ashamed. Those that oppose you will perish. Hallelujah. Matter of fact, my Bible says in Isaiah 41 that there'll be as nothing, a zero, a thing of naught. So the things that are bugging you today, if you stay in faith, there'll be a zero. Reduced to zero. But he said, I'll make you into a new sharp threshing instrument, having teeth. You'll thresh the mountains and beat them small. Turn the hills to chaff. The wind will carry them and the whirlwind will scatter them. And you'll rejoice in the Lord and glory in the Holy One of Israel. Ooh. Ooh. Hallelujah. Mountain be thou removed. Take another shot at your mountain today. Just keep whacking it. Just hit it again. Hit it again. Be like George Foreman fighting Muhammad Ali. For seven or eight rounds, George Foreman, big, strong man. Loves God, too. He named all of his kids George. George one, George two, George. <laughs> he's a unique, and he's a preacher. He loves God. But, but he, when he was fighting Muhammad Ali that time, Muhammad Ali was just covering himself up on the ropes and using the ropes to cushion the blow. And uh, finally, uh, Ali said to, to George, is that all you got, George? George said, yeah, that's pretty much it. <laughs> but you're not George. You're not George. You can hit all day long. You can hit all night long. Hallelujah. You just keep it because there's a greater one in you. And it, really, when you think about it, the fight is not yours. He tells you in Ephesians 6, beginning of verse 10, to put on the whole armor of God. Not your armor. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand in an evil day. And after having all done, you just stand there. Loin belt of truth, breastplate of righteousness, helmet of salvation, feet shot with the gospel of peace, sword of the spirit. The word, the word cuts the devil every time. And the shield quenches every fiery dart. You ever been hit by a fiery dart? <laughs> Turn around and get your shield up. No, you can tell when you're around people that have been hit with fire darts. Yeah. They come to the church. Lost my shield of faith, Pastor, because you preached me another one. I need one right now. But even that shield of faith, that shield, you had to rub oil into it. If it dried out and cracked, it would break. Pour in the oil, pour in the wine. Pouring in the oil and the wine. Hallelujah. Our God answers with fire. When the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all in one accord in one place. And there came a sound. Just like, just like Elijah said, I hear the sound. There wasn't a mighty rushing wind that day. There was the sound of one. There came a sound from heaven like a mighty rushing wind and filled the place where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues as a fire. Why? Because the Holy Ghost is fire from his loins up and fire from his loins down. And he came and sat on each of them. Sat down on each of them. Exactly. Tabernacle. He didn't come to visit. He came to stay. And they knew it and they got up from there. 
pick it up from there. They were speaking with other tongues as the Spirit gave utterance, and they didn't even know what they were saying. They didn't know what they were doing. But they got so drunk in the Holy Ghost that they stumbled out onto the streets, and people said, these people are drunk. They're drunk. They're so overcome by God that they, they, they appeared drunk. And Peter stood up and said, they're not drunk like you think. It's only 9 o'clock in the morning. But they're filled with the Holy Ghost. John 7, 37, is any man thirsty? Let him come on to me and let him think. No, no. Let him come on to me and reason why it's not working. No. Let him come on to me and just great abandon and just drink. Hallelujah. See, even rejoicing requires humility. Doesn't it? What will people will see me and what will they think? We don't care. <laughs> we don't care. Hallelujah. Filled. Thank you, Lord. They were filled. Filled to overflowing. And they were so filled up in chapter 2 that they had to get filled up again in chapter 3. And they had to get filled up again in chapter 4 because they just liked to drink. So whenever you're in church, make sure you find the drinker's section. Not the thinker's section. Uh, that would work. Uh, uh, don't you annoy yourself when you get like that? <laughs> Trying to figure God out? Think about you sitting on that little chair right there in the middle of this great big universe, and you're sitting there, and God is everywhere, and you're trying to think, hmm, I need to, I need to understand this. <laughs> Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Trust in the Word with all of your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. Acknowledge the Word in all of your ways, and the Word will direct your steps, because the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Don't be wise in your own eyes. Reverence the Lord and depart from evil. Departing from evil isn't hard either. <laughs> Slapping in B for boogie and saying, putting some real estate between me and that problem. Hallelujah. We hope this message has encouraged you in your relationship with the Lord. For more information and ministry resources, we invite you to visit our website at www.newcovenantchurch.ca. We look forward to you joining us next time as we continue to live victoriously.